I'm glad that's working, by the way. That's the new narrative TV uh, Twitter feed that now has scheduled shows. So we have to start on time. That's the downside. But the upside is <laughs> the upside is that we get to promote things before the show. But uh, here we are on time on a Friday with the lovely Lincoln's Bible. How are you, LB? I'm good. I'm just checking to see <laughs> if everybody made it. It's hard for me to change, tech change. It's tech change. A little one. Tech changing is very hard, but we try. Very hard. Greg Oliar is here from Prevail. How are you, Greg? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, I had a weird thing happen to me uh, yesterday where I have on my car, I have a lovely Biden-Harris bumper sticker that my friend Joni V made. She made a whole bunch of them. And someone came, my car is parked outside of my house. Someone came and put a Trump bumper sticker over my Biden-Harris bumper sticker. Wow. That's not very... Yeah. So what did Here you do? You're in the did bluest you... of blue. I can't tell if it was like a disaffected MAGA or like some kid trying to be smart ass, but it's the ultimate <laughs> like, guys, scoreboard. You know, it's, it's yeah. too late for your bumper sticker. We won. So you know? did you uh, did you get it off the car? You just I didn't even around? see it. My my wife saw uh, it and went to a fury and like <laughs> tore it off with the thing. Are you sure it wasn't your teenager? <laughs> no, no. He, good- he would not have had access. He would not have wasted money on buying a uh, <laughs> a, a Trump a Trump bumper sticker. So it is a good. I, I don't prank. know who it was, but uh, yeah, I was like, prank. okay, whatever. So maybe maybe it's a sign that on March thirtieth, uh, you know, the inauguration is coming. It's or never too late April to go MAGA. Day, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Noel Kassler, how are you? I'm well, Zev. Thanks. You, Thanks for you have, asking. Did you have any uh, bumper sticker incidents where you are? No, I'm hoping that they stay on Greg's side of the river. Yeah. There's a reason I live east east of the Hudson River, you know? Ooh, look at that. <laughs> Throwing down some oh. shade, I think. Uh, I think there's more Republicans on your side of the river, I'm going to say. Look, I'm gonna... they're, all, they're, they're all around. They're, they're, that's part of the lesson, you know? They're, they're amongst us. I'm sure my, some of them, you know, on one side of me, there's a guy who ran for president, and on the other side, there's definitely a Trump supporter, you know? Oh, well, so. Well. Yeah. Well, we all have to deal with that. Um, tonight on the show, we've got such interesting things coming up. And it's uh, 7.30, I should point out, we have a reporter from uh, the, um, at the MIT Tech Review, which is a very, very good publication and probably way above our sort of uh, level here. But we're going to, but when it comes to technology, <laughs> but we're going to try <laughs> understand how Facebook used uh, AI to... Uh, to manipulate and make uh, a lot of us extreme and how they still do it today and how it's basically this machine that's running rampant. Mark, Zach- Mark Zuckerberg will do nothing about it because if they do something about it, it means cutting back on his growth and his growth is the most important thing. And by growth, I mean uh, audience growth, not other kinds of growths, but he, he really wants that growth. And so he, he, the only way to do that is, uh, is to, uh, to keep the AI extreme, um, radicalizing people. So she's done a terrific report on this. We're going to find out why it's all happening. And it's quite serious, of course, because it's how we got to the insurrection on January 6th and how we got to Donald Trump as well. So we'll, we'll put some pressure on Mark Zuckerberg later on. But I want to start the show with the news about the Justice Department's investigation, the newly rebirthed Justice Department, I should say, an investigation into what happened on January 6th. First things first, uh, Mary Garland arrived and almost instantly things changed in the, uh, at the Department of Justice. We found out a lot more about what is going on. They seem to be building a conspiracy case against these guys known as the Oath Keepers. The Oath Keepers are a very uh, well-known uh, group of militia members, I would say. Uh, you were helping me define them a little bit early on, LB. What would you say about the Oath Keepers? 
Oh, well, you know, they're a very serious um, domestic terror group, in my opinion, uh, and in the opinion of many others. Uh, generally, the, the, the sort of meaning behind the name is that they took a an oath to the country. So it, it's really had a very strong recruitment um, outreach into veterans um, and folks that, um, you know, in our military would take a military oath or police officers. Um, so that's their sort of, their particular brand. Um, so these are very serious people who have been radicalized and, and are very good at radicalizing others, um, have a, quite a bit of their own propaganda, and they as well um, do a lot of tra- keep up their training. They know how to, they know how to stage an insurrection. Yeah. That's for sure. They planned yeah. it. They actually had tons of phone calls. They and did. The, they, they have had, comms and yeah. everything. They have. The, they they know what they're doing. And the FBI has all of those now, so they are able to put together a pretty convincing conspiracy case. A conspiracy, a case like the one you'd put against a mob figure, you know, like a mob family, you would probably imagine start Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine <laughs> that it's Rico. I wonder where that came from. So interesting where that it's applicable that? here, right? It's, it's, amazing. it's amazing. It's amazing. So they're going to start at yes. the bottom, and they've already started at the bottom. They've been arresting a bunch of them. Uh, 13 yeah. people are now under arrest. Um, oops, that's uh, that. Let me show you the right. the 13th guy. Here he is. He just was arrested today. Um, Kenneth Harrelson, well, he appeared in court today. He's the 13th Oath mm-hmm. Keeper indicted, and he attended dozens, dozens of meetings. All of these were online, so they have all these communications, of course, of him preparing for um, yep. this particular day. And that's him inside the Capitol. I don't know if that's he's taking a selfie of himself. Um, not a good look. Um, and it's interesting that the Justice Department has now said, according to at least Jim Shudo, that the probe into the Capitol attack is likely the largest and most complex criminal investigation in U.S. history, and the number of defendants could pass 400 as prosecutors pour through massive amounts of tips. Now, all of this is interesting. And evidence. And evidence. And evidence. Yeah. So this guy is the, uh, I guess, was the head boy of the of these uh, Oath Keepers. Uh, his name is... Um, Stuart Rhodes. He works as a, as a congressional aide. You won't be surprised to whom. He works as a congressional aide to Ron Paul, the father of Rand Paul. So he certainly knew his way around the Capitol when he, uh, wow. when he did what he was doing. Uh, he also uh, is referred to by his followers as Person One. I don't know why they refer to him as Person <laughs> One, but just in case you want them. Oh, my God. That's his They're nickname. They're such dorks. They're such goddamn yeah. dorks. And they have, well, they have it's, a, it's a translation of Alpha. Okay, right. so yeah, it's go. there. It's everything's from COVID. fucking James Bond. It's uh, okay, number one. What's okay, number two? <laughs> number two is a piece of shit. Okay, so that's what I know that from my training. Okay. <laughs> so he's uh, he was on tape saying all <laughs> wait, sorts of things. Wait a minute. What's your training? What's your okay. training that you got? Potty training. Number two. Potty training. Number two. Okay? <laughs> number two. Does anyone, want to, does anyone else want a number? We've got lots of them. We can give them away. I'll be in a number. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't want any numbers. So person yeah. one at the uh, at the Oath Keepers is uh, also quoted on, on apparently by in the indictment. He was caught on tape saying civil war is here right now and inciting all sorts of violence. And, of course, uh, that's not going to be a good look. 
mostly because the Oath Keepers also do another job on the side. They happen to be uh, Roger Stone's security detail. You know, most of the time you see Roger Stone running around with the people like this around him. Uh, here we go. You see these guys behind him. These are all Oath Keepers. So uh, you see one of them is wearing a cap with the Oath Keepers label on it. Um, and, you know, there's certainly more evidence of them. Even the New York Times points out that some of these Oath Keepers were photographed before with Roger Stone and then at the actual insurrection right afterwards. It's not a good look for the president's former, um, you know, well, not even former, current advisor. And so here we are facing what could be a RICO investigation that could lead us all the way to Roger Stone. Anyone want to talk That's about that? That picture is ridiculous. That picture is He's ridiculous. <laughs> he looks like it looks like a like a like a like a middle school production of like Batman or something where he's <laughs> he the penguin and he's got the henchmen in the back and the oh my god the simulations no, I need another drink. I need, a, I need okay. a drink. Does this remind you, Noel, of the bikers for Trump and the security that he like doesn't it have that Spetsnaz vibe to it, that whole thing? It definitely does. And, you know, I'm sad to say Roger Stone went to high school about three miles from where I'm sitting now in Cross River. He went to John Jay High School way before my time. Your side of the river or Greg's side of the river? Just to My clarify. side. Oh, wow. My so a point in a point in the, you know, a negative on this side of the river, you know, <laughs> yeah, but uh, John okay. Jay, you know, the leafy <laughs> Westchester suburbs and everybody knows who Roger Stone is. The Oath Keepers guy, I remember about a year ago. I was at a meeting on the Upper East Side, um, sort of for this fellowship thing that I'm involved in. And it's not, not like an Oath Keeper, it's like a normal kind of thing. <laughs> and this guy was visiting from Pennsylvania and he was like working construction because there's a lot of big construction happening on the Upper East Side. And he was wearing an Oath Keeper's cap, you mm -hmm. know, and he was otherwise like a mild mannered white guy in his mid 50s, you know, who was, you know, probably a crane operator or something. And I remember thinking, like, how crazy is it how open this guy is with this thing? Because I knew what the Oath Keepers were, but it was just like the fact wow. that he was advertising it and he knew he was behind enemy lines. You know, this right. church we were in was like Jackie O's former church. You know, it wasn't like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't his place, but he was sort of flaunting it. So I... I think it, you know, they were planning this for a while, you know, like, I don't think they knew they had to attack the Capitol, obviously, until Trump lost. But the, my point is, they started building the army a long time ago. And Roger was a big part of that. And I knew Sam number, you know, personally, in those days. And um, I think, like, Roger Stone got pardoned for a reason. You know, I think Trump needed to put him back in service. And that's what we saw you know, come yeah. November and on. It was like Roger was a tactical guy. You know, Roger was probably in the room on January 5th when they had the private meeting at the Trump Hotel and stuff. Mm. So Roger would have been like the general of the, you know, Oath of Keepers, the, of the Oath Keepers, you know, yeah. Armada or whatever you want to call these guys. So you would have had like a real, uh, I mean, they, have, they probably have a really good case against Stone. I mean, other than the fact that he's probably pardoned for everything preemptively. I don't know if he is, but he might be. <laughs> Uh, he can't be for this. Oh, he can't be? All right. Oh, no. He can't? Okay. So, no. so then they've got 13 guys that they're squeezing right now, I, to use a term that I would never otherwise use, but the, squeezing him the, them for information on Roger Stone. And then, you know, they're going to get all the information because they basically have it on tape already. One or two of these guys has got to flip. Maybe all 13 will flip. And then what do you do? You go after um, Roger's boss. I mean, if Roger wants to talk about what Donald Trump did, will, Donald, will Roger throw Donald under the bus? I don't know. Um, but I'm sure Donald was very aware of everything that was going on during uh, the planning stages of, of his insurrection. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a 
I, I, can I float a theory? I don't know. Welcome to. I want to be responsible. So just know that <laughs> this is my theory. Sorry, I'm, I'm being responsible. It, it, you know, I have got a little vodka here with me. It's Friday. <laughs> my brain is burnt. Uh, but I, I, from January 6th to January 20th is enough time to just write up some pardons. Um, so I, I think everybody should sort of brace for that. And uh. Flynn got a pardon from Trump that, and we've talked about this before, that was very universal. It actually even had an indication of sort of saying future crimes. And although people go, oh, you can't pardon for future crimes, if those crimes can be con- connected conspiratorially to other individuals involved in the Russia investigation, i.e. Donald Trump, i.e. Roger Stone, who was also investigated, I mean, his lawyers could finagle that. Um, so I, I think the Flynn pardon is a real problem and a real indicator. And I'm just very curious about, and I would love for him to be hauled in front of the Senate so we can hear from him under oath. But why did Bill Barr quit? Did he did he mm. quit because Donald said, hey, we're going to do this thing. If it goes violent, I need you to tell me what kind of charges might be coming down for my for my buddies here, Stone and Flynn and Giuliani and my kid, right? So that we can have this these pardons ready. This is my theory. I know nothing. The only thing yeah. I know for certain is that Mike Flynn did get this great big broad pardon because um, that's out and, and we know that. But I, I just think there's something, there's something about Bill Barr leaving. Oh, he knew. And I don't, he knew it he was coming. He knew, but yeah. why? Why leave? What was he being asked to do? Uh, There's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Is he was, he was asked to do something. I don't think he just witnessed stuff and said, "I'm out." Because look at all the shit he witnessed and he stayed in, mm-hmm. right? Uh, something he didn't want to be connected to it to an act. Well, he didn't want to be involved. He would get prosecuted potentially. Right. He got a, that's right. Uh, that's so. That's what you're saying. You know, he got out of the way so yeah. he wouldn't get prosecuted. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure, he would have known, and that would be the reason to walk away from that. That would be the main reason yeah. for him to walk away. Um, also, um, I don't know how that affects Trump's. Trump has no pardon, as far as we know, has no pardon that we know of. I mean, does that mean that he could still be investigated, even though Roger Stone may not be? That's possible still, right? And then Roger Stone testifies. Everybody testify can be still. investigated. Yeah, Everybody right. can yeah. be investigated. And he can be no, no, no. Roger Stone is being investigated. Let, yeah. Let's just, you know. Yeah. Yes. And I, I would yeah. think they would make him go through all of the, the, the stuff and, and argue the validity of the pardon right to the last minute right. and at least bankrupt him, right? right? And as for Barr, I mean, my, my thinking on that is that as as much as we don't like him and our, our dis- disdain for him is well documented, his M.O. the entire time was his whole unitary, what, what is it, the executive, unitary executive theory and the president can do this and the president can do that. I think maybe he even knew it drew the line at insurrection. Like that that doesn't really have anything to do with unitary theory, <laughs> right? Or, no, exactly, whatever the hell so. it's called. Like that, so. that is a, even if you're, if you're trying to come at it from a legal standpoint, however batshit your legal justification is, there is no legal justification for what happened on January 6th, period. Right. And he was probably I like, mean, no, right. right. Or he could have, Donald could have just been, because he was angry at Barr, he could have just been his foul self that he is, Noel, and Barr was like, I'm out. This guy's t- saying, you know, saying stuff. 
Trump had certainly soured on Barr. We all know that because Barr wasn't shutting down like the recounts and things like that. But I think, you know, and I remember tweeting the day I heard he was quitting. I think he got wind of what the plan was. And I think even for Bill Barr, you know, the guy who had Epstein murdered and the guy who got the dudes who did El, El Mazote acquitted. You know, El Mazote was a massacre where we, you know, we... You guys know what happened in El Salvador. And, you know, we were catching babies on American bayonets and stuff. You know, that wasn't a bridge too far for Bill Barr. He got Elliot Abrams and all those guys off. I think when he got wind of what Trump was doing, and I think Trump probably called him up and said, hey, you know, Billy, we're going to need some pardons, you know, pre-written up for these guys after we succeed. I think Barr was like, I'm out of here. You know, yeah. this is this is too hanky for me. I'm going to go back and be my opus die self somewhere and get a, you know, university, <laughs> you know, provost position or something. But like even Bill Barr was like, no, dude, this is nuts. Although you're absolutely right, LB, he should be holed up in front of Congress and he should be asked these questions. And there's yeah. no reason why he shouldn't be. Uh, so it would be interesting to see if they do that. Let's move on to another distasteful person well, in some people's minds. Oh. Here's Morgan. Oh. You guys know who Pierce cool. Morgan is, right? He did a, a CNN thing for when Larry King went off CNN. He did the hour on, on, at 9 p.m. on CNN. And then he went back to Britain where he's now the host of their morning show. And he got into a big fight this week with, uh, with Meghan Markle, the princess. And uh, you've got all the scoop on that, Noel. Yeah, well, you you know, you left out Piers is uh, you know the apex of his career, which was he was on Celebrity Apprentice, and he ah, was on yes, of course. <laughs> the, the first season, and he won. He was the winner, if I remember. Oh wow, wow! And and what I remember is he hated Amarosa, and I was his escort, and he hated <laughs> Amarosa with a fierceness and a passion that was like. It was something to behold. I remember standing in the hallway at SNL at 8H and being like, dude, you're taking this too far. Because he was like foaming at the mouth, like, I freaking hate her, you know, oh, like wow. spittle coming out of his mouth. Wow. And, oh, wow. and it, it, it's how he bonded with Trump, too, because, uh, you know, that uh, sort of like resentment, you know, like he, he was nurturing that resentment. And I think it was more than just who she was on the show. I think it had to do with she was a black woman. She's also was a, a very attractive woman. So in hindsight, maybe he tried to hit on her or something and she rebuffed him because his vitriol to her didn't match the crime. You know what I mean? It was like, although, this is a game show, dude. Although Calm let's down. face it, let's face it. Amorosa is pretty distasteful. I mean, just her, her acts. I mean, you Omarosa? have Amorosa? Yeah. She's not, a, she yeah, was not, she's not someone you would admire in any way. I mean, personally. Right. Of course not, but yeah. but the, uh, what I'm trying to get at, and it was also edited that way. You yeah. know, they edited oh, so the show to make oh, her such a villain. Like is reality like TV not being. real? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. She didn't deserve the kind of single-minded hatred that he seemed to have towards right. her. You know, right. her role was the heavy on the show. It wasn't like he came across as a nice guy. You know, well, there's an interesting but, parallel there because he doesn't seem to like Meghan Markle very much either. Uh, and and uh, after Oprah's interview this week, it was quite interesting to see them react uh, on British television. He had to quit his job. So he goes on TV the next day after the Oprah interview and says, you know, I don't believe Megan. She lies about things. I don't believe what she's saying. He does it in much more you know, uh, intense way than I was saying it there. But nevertheless, he gets, uh, he gets a lot of complaints. And then the next day, he gets fired off his show after he was confronted by his co-host. So he's without a show because... Some people would say that he can't criticize the the interview, which is a bit disappointing because there's a lot to criticize about that interview, even though 
Meghan Markle clearly has a case. Does that have any Anybody. Anybody. I didn't watch the interviews. So oh. I'll sit it up. Neither did I. Okay. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay. I watched it. I admit it. I, 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 I turned into a girl and watched the interview. Because uh, hey, I, t- I, I tend not to watch that. I know. I tend not to watch those sort of palace intrigue things because I, I, literal palace. I don't care. But um, I do like how Oprah interviews people. Mm. I was like, I want to. She's so good at interviewing. Zev, you could talk about this a lot. Yeah, I have. Um, but you really, you really can. But it, here's the thing. It, this woman, regardless of whatever the stories and people's point sides and is she being authentic, blah, blah, she was really clear about the distress that she was under and that she was suicidal. And she was clear about it. And what was causing her to be in that place? Oh, we gotta have Greg. Okay, Greg, you gotta mute next time. You gotta mute next time, Greg. So I did. Oh no, it didn't work. So oh, sorry. For him to come back on the next day, they do have regulation and rules over there that are much stronger than what we have here. And he broke. He broke them. Right? There were all these complaints coming in because yeah. he went for her jugular, mm. and. You know, if somebody's saying, look, I I was suicidal, I was this distressed, I was going to cause harm to myself because of this, um, at least follow the regulations and the rules next yeah. time you're on the air with that particular circumstance. Um, and, you know, and so that was my feeling about that was my feeling about him. You know, good. He's gone because he broke. He was horrible. Right. And. And nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves for someone to intentionally continue because they either they can't stop it, like he couldn't control himself, or because uh, he had he had an agenda. Who knows? But he ca- he went even harder on her than he ever had gone before, and he was the worst one yeah. um, in the press against her. With this woman saying, "I'm going to hurt myself if you keep doing this." Yeah, right? it's hard. It's hard to defend. Uh, what they did to her, especially yeah. in the press. It was just unfair. Um, I've worked with him a little yeah. bit. I've done a few shows with Pierce. He's a good guy um, most of the time. I mean, I thought he was really easy to work with considering you'd expect this kind of bombastic personality to work, you know, to walk you through the door. Noel, did you find him easy to work with? Was he pleasant? He wasn't that pleasant, you know, not to contradict you, but uh, he, he was uh, pretty arrogant and he was he was single-mindedly like, pissed at Amorosa when I worked with him and I worked with him for a finale like for an evening as we're yeah. standing in the hallway and he's like basically I don't care what happens as long as she doesn't win I hate her you know and he interviewed a friend of mine Chelsea Handler and she shared the clip this week she was a guest on his show in CNN and he was horrible to her you know he started reading his notes when she was speaking and she called him on his BS she said look you got to pay attention to me you know, you're not even listening to me. And he goes, well, you're a boring guest. And she goes, it doesn't matter if I'm a boring guest. You invited me on the show. Your job right. is to act interested, you know? <laughs> and he, he, you know, that's the gig. We all know that, right? But he, uh, he doesn't like to be criticized. And when he walked off set in London, it was because the other weatherman gave a very impassioned monologue about how unfair it was that what Piers had done and how he, he personally attacked this woman that he tried to date you know, that rebuffed him, that we haven't mentioned, that they had gone on a date and then she wanted nothing to do with him. So, you know, there was personal, like, invective in what he did against her. And when he was called on it, 
on live television, he couldn't handle it, and he walked off. I know, the walking you know, off was pretty spectacular. Yeah. I didn't see anything. I've worked in morning television a lot of the time in my career, and I can tell you that that kind of attention is very evident in most of these morning shows. It's too early in the morning for people to be really happy, so they're faking it. Most of the time, they're just you know, cranky. Um, and I think what we watched was a, was a very typical like morning show assassination of a co-host, you know, where they want to <laughs> climb where they want to climb the ladder and they're like, oh, I have got you now. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's basically what, what my read of the entire thing was. Yeah. And, it, you know, it may be true because he no longer is working there. So uh, let's say goodbye to him because he's not actually that interesting. And what should we talk about next? Oh, uh, oh does, does anyone care about Sharon Osbourne? Not really. Sharon Osbourne. Uh, no, let's move on. Narrative. So, uh, um, my viewers like you support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.